Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schaffner, along with, again, the future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina, or as we refer to it, Football City USA, with 37 active NFL players, Dr. Cheney Robinson. Hello, hello. Doc, today we're heading to Auburn, Alabama, place you know well. The yep. football, you know, the football had been uh, a little bit on the slide, right, for a couple of years, but not anymore. They got Hugh Freeze is in there and they're rocking their thing. Uh, so they filled that spot. But now they've got another spot they got to fill, a big one on the track team. Today we have Dontavious Hill. He's a professional track athlete who attends Auburn University. He just wrapped up his uh, last outdoor season for the Tigers. That is right, right? That was your last one? Yep. Yeah, I follow you. I'm just trying to make sure. Um, his accolades include being a two-time team USA captain. He's rocking the gear right now. A four-time SEC medalist and five-time NCAA All-American. Not only has he done that, right? So he's performed athletically. But he's also grown a following on Instagram of over 100,000 followers and over 70,000 followers on TikTok, right? So he did this. He's like, again, one of the OGs of NIL. His message has been to really motivate and inspire the youth by sharing his story of overcoming adversity. Dontavious, welcome to NIL Undressed. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Good to be here. Absolutely. All right, Dontavis, we like to start off with some rapid-fire questions. So here we go. Favorite Auburn tradition? I would definitely have to say rolling too much corner. Uh, for those who don't know, it's when you go out after a big win or a sporting event and you throw toilet paper, tissue paper on the trees. We have a lot of big trees out um, at Sanford Lawn, so it's really fun. Now, I've got to interrupt here because I remember – that, uh, you know, there was a something happened to the original tree. Did they save the tree or did they replace it or what? So the tree, the tree was poisoned by an Alabama fan when Auburn beat them one year. Um, so they ended up the tree couldn't be saved. So they had to replace the tree. They replaced two trees out in the front. And over the past three, three or four years, those trees had to grow. So they couldn't be rolled. So they had signs on them that said, do not roll these trees like these trees are growing. But now those trees are finally big enough to be rolled. So they finally got rolled. Love it. Yeah. I've seen it, man. It is impressive when 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 it, when that corner is full and the trees have got the toilet paper. It is impressive. It, it really is. All right. We're coming to campus. What restaurant do we need to go to? What do we order? I'm going to have to say food exactly. So they have this fast food. It's a chicken tender restaurant called Fusaklis. It was originated in Mobile, Alabama, which is my hometown. So they have one in Auburn now, and it's consistently packed. It's consistently packed all day, every day, because people love it. So I definitely recommend Fusaklis. There you go. All right. You're getting ready for a meet. What, what gets you pumped up? What are you listening to? What are you doing? I'm listening to whatever my favorite artist is. During this past season, I enjoyed a lot of R&B, so it relaxed me, relaxed my mind, relaxed my soul before competition, because I do need to stay locked in during the high jump, so that's what I do, listen to music. There you go. Love it. Who's your Who's your go-to R&B? What's the song? Go-to R&B, I would say right now I'm enjoying this artist called Her, and I also enjoy Summer Walker. Very cool. 
Yes. All right. So when I think of Auburn, it's football, right? When I think of the state of Alabama, it's football. But we're talking to you as a track athlete, right? So how did you become, how did you avoid getting caught up in the football hype and narrow down, you know, become a track athlete and then narrow down on the high jump as your event? Right. So I would say when you ask that question, are you referring to how did I get out of being a football player or the football atmosphere of Auburn? Yeah. I mean, the, of Auburn, but even growing up in Alabama, it's, you know, it's football and I'm going to play at one of the big universities. And, you know, so how did you end up as a track athlete and escape the, you know, the football hype? Right. So I was a football player since I was four years old. Growing up, my older brother played football. He was actually a Division One athlete at University of Massachusetts in Amherst. So growing up, I always thought I was going to be a football player all the way up until my junior year. Um, so from my seventh grade year, I was already doing track and field, but I would always be doing football as my main sport. So I honestly got away from it because I was better at track. As I got older and older, football just started to kind of decline and track kind of just kept going up. And by the time I got to my senior year, I was number one in the state of Alabama in the high jump, and I was number eight in the country. So the obvious choice was to go with track and field. Awesome. So how did you get in the high jump, right? Because when I think track, I'm thinking foot race, you know, we're going to, we're going to do the, um, all of that, you know, it's, it's the races, right. And the, the jumping and some of the other, the throwing and all that is, you know, often overlooked from youth as they, you know, as they look to get into sports. So right. how did you get at high jump? My older brother. Like, so a lot of siblings have this story of them trying to follow in their older brother's footsteps. So my older brother did high jump when he was in the ninth grade. And I was in the eighth grade at the time, and I was on my middle school track team. But I went to his state championship because he made it his freshman year, and I watched him high jump. So after that, my freshman year of high school, we went to the same high school. I decided, okay, I wanted to do what he's doing. So I went out, and I tried it out, and I wasn't good at it at all. I jumped about four eight. In my first competition, it was a co-ed competition. So I lost to girls in that competition and everything. But the next year I came out and went back at it. Next year I came out and went back at it. And after four years of doing it, I was finally good enough to beat my brother's record at the school. And the rest is history. There you go. Well, you talked about, you know, progression, right? You you got beat freshman year, so sophomore year, junior year, senior year. You, you put the put time and the effort in. Not a... Don't want to give trade secrets away, right? But what is it that's key to a successful jump? I would say the key to a successful jump is the approach. So a lot of people, when they're seeing these people jump these great heights, they think, oh, these guys just have a lot of bounce. These guys just have natural ability. But a lot of that isn't possible without the actual run up, those eight to 10 steps that you do before you get there. And that's honestly what a lot of high school and a lot of middle school athletes miss out on. They usually think, oh, I just need to be really strong, have a great vertical, all these different things. But their approach is the thing that's suffering the most because they don't focus on that because they don't know that tip. That's really good. So I've got to share a little bit, little story here. I was sitting in the car line dropping my son off, right? And he just got his black belt in Taekwondo, right? So super proud of him for that. But we're trying to get him into some of these sports and team sports. and. He just got into middle school. And so we were looking at the track and he was asking, what is that big kind of asphalt black area behind the, you know, the, the football field goals for? 
And I was like, well, it's high jumping and all that. So he's asking what the high jumping was. And I'm like, listen, I can't explain it, but you got to check out my guy, man. He's like one of the best in the US. I mean, he's Team USA. And so we were watching you jump. And um, and he's like, man, that's that's crazy. I, I, I don't know that I could do that. And I was like, well, I'm going to be talking to him here in a little bit. So we're going to get the, you know, we're going to get the story on how it all happened. And to hear that you started at like four, eight, and now you're, you know, I saw you set a record. It was like seven, one, and probably, you know, some change on top of that uh, for a personal record. I mean, that's just a huge, um, you know, huge accomplishment. So you were, you were part of our morning car line conversation. <laughs> Yes, sir. All right. NIL wasn't a thing, right? And TikTok was just getting rolled out. You arrived on campus as a freshman, and then um, you started kind of getting in the whole social media game and recently crossed over that 100,000 followers, really, I think, solidifying yourself as a true influencer, right? So what was the motivation behind getting involved in social media? So... Pretty much a lot of kids my age growing up, we all had social media, um, but nobody, we were all watchers. Nobody decided they wanted to be a creator. So I decided I wanted to make videos for fun. So that's how I first started. I started on TikTok. So I made a few videos. I was just making like dance videos, entertainment. And then I decided to make motivational video at the end of my freshman track season for, for Auburn. And that video ended up getting around 1.7 million views. And I was like, okay, this video really inspired some people, like yeah. really motivated some people. So I was like, I really enjoyed how they made me feel and the fact that I was able to give others inspiration. So I would say that's how I got started. Very cool. So 1.7, that doesn't happen to everybody, right? And so, and and we're talking about starting, you're ma- you mainly started on TikTok. Um, I'm sure you probably had an Instagram account and all that sort of thing, but you just crossed over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And this is what five years ish later. And so when did it really start to become a thing where you started to really get those bulk followers? Right. So I also say, even though a lot of students or kids my age were always on social media, we always saw Instagram as this platform to where it's like sacred. You don't just post anything on it. You only show your success and these different things. So over the past three or four years when I was in college, um, going into my senior year was when I decided to finally start posting my my life's content, my failures, my my downfalls, my success on Instagram. And that started right after NIO launched in July. So my senior season, I was like, okay, this is a year that I'm going to show everything that I have, everything that's going on. And that's when it really started to take off. I was really consistent posting and my followers just continued to go up and up and up. Yeah. And I love that, right? Because there's, so my takeaways just out of that little segment are you got off the sideline, right? You, you were, everybody was watching you and it took some initiative and now it's probably just part of your routine, right? And you don't even think about it, but you got off the sideline and said, well, I can participate in this, right? Um, and so, but then at the end of the day, what really, especially on Instagram, had that huge spike was, you know, we think of social media and we think everybody, like you said, is showing the best of themselves. And it's always, I'm doing this or I have this. 
and the fact that you were showing like real life, right? Like it's not all rainbows, butterflies, right? Or I guess eagles. It's not all, it's not, not always on top, right? Some things don't always happen. And so you're showing that, that failure, but you're also showing how you're bouncing back from that failure. Um, and I think, you know, I, I mean, you hit it, man. I mean, that's, I wish more would do that on social media. Um, and I mean, we see what it's, what it's done, right? Because we all know our day-to-day lives isn't all about, um, you know, things go right, things go wrong. A lot of times more things go wrong than go right. And it's bouncing back and, and overcoming. So I love that. Right. Absolutely. And you, you alluded to when NIL came on the scene, right? What was your initial reaction to hearing about NIL and what, what NIL was? So after hearing about NIL, uh, I was excited because I felt like we would finally have an opportunity as student athletes to profit off of our name, image and likeness. But after seeing it initially come about, I quickly realized it's not the same for every sport. So we all know football is the mainstream sport in America and basketball comes second. And that's just the way it is. So those guys and, and gals will get the most attention. They'll get the most money and all these different things. So once I realized that, I said, okay, I have to find a way to set myself apart to where I won't just be another track athlete. I'll be the track athlete. I'll be the high jumper. So that's that was my goal. There you go. Love it. And you, I mean, you did that, right? And so how did what were your first deals like? How did you start monetizing, you know, the content that you were putting out there? What was the process like? And how has it evolved now that you're, you know, a few years into it? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. Right. So one thing I did, I was very patient. I didn't try to hop right into NIL. I didn't try to just hop right on to getting agents and all those different things. I wanted to make sure I knew exactly what kind of brand I wanted for myself and what I wanted to display about my my university and just me as an individual. So I was very patient. I, I probably didn't sign until I had around 70 to 80,000 followers, probably. So that's when I first signed the deal. But I would say my first deal, it was a meal deal. It was a hair product deal. So I was kind of into hair at the time. So it, it fit with me. So that was my first deal. Well, so, you know, I think you hit two key things there, right? Um, you know, you see a lot of these athletes rushing into it and putting stuff out on social media without really understanding who they are and thinking through what they want to show and having a um, a purpose behind what they're putting out on uh, on social media. But then aligning yourself with brands that are meaningful to you, not just going out and chasing dollars, but 
things that you have a you know passion for or use in your life or things that you can get your you know wrap your arms around and, and are a good representation of that thought out brand that you're putting out there right and i will say to speak on that a little bit students just jumping right in um people ask me all the time some of my teammates or friends they say how did you do it how'd you do this and the first thing i ask them is what is your goal what do you want you know because a lot of people see this big sparkly thing and they think oh i want that but they have no purpose they have no passion behind it and i'm not speaking as though i knew i knew it all when i first started it was that as i went about my journey i figured out what i wanted and i wanted to inspire the youth that was my that was my goal so i try to pick their brains and try to get an understanding so they don't just dive into something and they don't know what it is yeah yeah well and you know we see some of the uh reports out of you know florida and and with the nfl uh guy and the contract that he signed you know the the what you're risking uh by diving in without knowing what you're signing and, and getting into um yeah that's awesome that's great advice so who are some of the people the athletes that you look up to in the nil space and it doesn't have to be just track it could be all sports so i'll say an athlete that I looked up to when I first started my journey, she's a track and field athlete, Masai Russell, uh, very popular. She was probably one of the most popular track and field athletes at the time. Um, we made a USA team in 2019 um, when we went to Costa Rica. So I met her for the first time there, but I really looked up to the way that she did things. I just really saw her way to motivate and inspire the youth and kids. It was just authentic. It was authentic. Yeah, that's a great word, too. So you've got a ton going on, right? Class, practice, events, social life, NIL activities, and you know, you're an influencer. And oh, by the way, you've got a family. Um, so how do you prioritize your activities and not getting caught up in just producing content all the time? So being a student athlete, we know that we're going to have class and we know we're going to have practice. So those are pretty much the main staples of uh, student athletes day to day life. We know we got to hit those two. So time management and trying to fit in everything else, whether it's faith, family, um, just even social life, those things come with time management. And I've learned those things over the years um, through having good staff at Auburn to help me out, um, academic advisors, counselors, all those different things. So having a planner has really helped me. So we got a, I got a pretty heavy question here. A lot, of, a lot of moving parts. So if you had a crystal ball, a new NIO would be a thing, right? And that you would grow your following like you have. Would your college decision-making process have, would that have been different? Personally, I would say no. Because um, I believe everything happened the way it did for a reason. Um even with NIL coming about, like I was at Auburn for four years before I truly decided to pursue content, you know. So had I been a freshman coming into NIL, one thing I tell myself is if I was to know these things, then I probably wouldn't have approached them the same way as I did when I was older. Rather, from approaching when I was 18, 19, approaching when I was 21, 22 is completely different for me. So I wouldn't change a thing. So what now? Now, what would you have done differently? And I and I understand you wouldn't have changed anything, but would you now, as the 21, 22 year old, what would you have done? I would say I would have really focused 
tried to focus and hone in on what mattered to me first. Um, I believe when I first started, I just was trying to go viral. That's what most most kids are trying to do these days. They just want to hit this big video and get all these views and get all these followers. But it's like once you get that success or have this one video that does well, then what? Or you have all these random kids follow you that you don't know, then what? They don't have a plan. They just want something that they see. It's like someone saying, oh, I just want to make six figures or I just want to do this. You know, they don't have a reasoning behind it. So if I could go back or have advice for people getting started or coming into college, really look inside yourself and see what you want. I mean, you may not know exactly what it is, but you have to want something. You can't just want this this thing up here that you don't even know about. Yeah, and it so may take some digging, right? It may take some digging and you're not going to get the answer right away. Yeah. And you, and you talked about, and you, and this has happened twice already, where you talked about being an eighth grader, ninth grader, the progress that you made in high school to become the high jumper that you are. And then this transition into college, and it's taken a couple of years for you really to figure out and discern your true authentic self and what it is that you're passionate about and what direction you want to go. Um, and then using the platform, you've got to be able to do that. So being an eighth grader, ninth grader, like how you talked about progression. One thing I learned from my journey is patience, being patient. So when I first started out, like I told you, I wasn't great at what I did. I was kind of just following in my brother's footsteps and I didn't reap the benefits of all the work that I put in until my senior year of high school. So I had to wait four years and not be good at an event. And then reap the benefits four years later. Same thing with college. When you get to college, you start at the bottom of the totem pole once again. You want to come in and be great, but it's just not. It just doesn't work that way. You're 18, having to go up against 20, 22, 23 year olds at times, and they're just better. They're they're in the system longer. They're growner. They're they're older. So it took me another four four years to finally get NCAA trophies, SEC medals, and all those different things. So that's like an eight year period with four year intervals where I had to get nothing to earn my first. So how did you get so how did you get patient? Right. Because I think this is a great topic to explore because most kids aren't like you said, they want to do that one video that goes viral. Uh, part of it might be, you know, having a big brother and and uh, having to live in the shadows a little bit. But um but you're you're 100 right. I mean, it's patience and going through your process day after day, um, knowing that you know this year, next year, and the year after, I'm probably not going to get the trophy. Uh, but then at the fourth year, I'm I might have a shot at it. And so, how did you how did you get to that point where you were were that patient? So I would say, even though I am patient and I understand um, the process. There are times when I'm not as well. Like I can look back on those seasons and say, yeah, I was patient over these four years. But even though I was patient, I was still disappointed when I didn't achieve my goals. I was still like, why not today? And all these different things. But just to speak on my patience over my lifetime. So I was a, a little brother who had an older brother who was very successful and very great. And I was the, the younger brother who was just trying to catch up to him, you know. So that's kind of been my story my entire time. And a big part of my life was I always wanted to be tall. So my entire life, all the way to like ninth grade, I was still five, five, five feet, five inches tall, 90 pounds. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I was six, one. So I finally got my wish 
And I felt like that was a testimony to patience. Even though I wanted something so bad, I finally grew and I wanted to be great at athletics and it finally happened and so on. Yeah, I love it. So for the businesses now that are listening, give us a commercial for Dontavious, right? What um, what brands, you know, what are you, we, we like, you know, we know that you're out there motivating uh, motivating people, right? Showing your failures and all that. Why do businesses want to do business with you? I would say because I'm authentic. I'm a I'm a, a one of one kind of athlete or a trailblazer, trendsetter, because my approach to social media, to the youth, it was it was something that I hadn't seen and it was something that I had to create. Now, of course, it existed in different areas, you know, with, you know, we got the greats Kobe, Michael Jordan and LeBron and all the other greats across other sports who have these stories of testimony. But it had never been told by someone that hadn't done it yet. When I had all the success that I had when I was building up my story and talking about it, I hadn't achieved anything. I hadn't achieved any SEC medals, any NCAA trophies, but I was still sharing my journey. It was just like somebody on the same level as you right beside you, but they're they're documenting every step. And when you watch someone document every step without knowing what's going to happen and they achieve success and you got to see it. It's just a beautiful thing. And that's something I present. That was something I did. Yeah, I love that. So you've got Team USA right now. Tell us what you're up to. So Team USA right now, I'm praying, hoping that I'll get the selection for the Pan American Games team. It's another USA team coming up in October, late October, early November. So hoping I'll get the opportunity to represent Team USA. And I believe it's Chile. So that's what's happening very soon. Outside of that, we have indoor season will be around in January, but most importantly, the Olympics, which is 10 to 11 months out. So Olympic trials will be 10, 11 months out. So we're training now. So what does your training schedule look like then? So my training schedule, weights, uh, two or three times a week, um, sprint work, and, uh, and some jumping as well. So so how much, this is a, this is a really off the wall question. How much of your training is actually spent jumping? So jumping really takes place about maybe two times, two times a week. So we have two aspects that we kind of work on. We have the days that we actually jump and we have the days that we work on the approach, which I talked to y'all about as being very important. Right. So it, it may not seem like a lot, like only jumping or practicing it twice. But the thing is, when when you get to this high of a level, your body is so much stronger and more powerful being able to drive that foot into the ground that many times it takes a toll on your body. So you really got to watch the amount of practicing that you're doing. Very cool. That is great insight. Dontavious, man, thank you for spending some time with us. How can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Dontavious Hill, on Twitter at Dontavious Hill 3, and on TikTok at Dontavious Hill 3. Awesome. War Eagle, my man. Thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated.